Hello and welcome to the Tim Voxelbaum Show. My name is Tim Voxelbaum, and this is episode ninety-one of the program. You know, it's been a it's been a little bit of time since I last done. It's been about a, a week or two since I last done this, but that don't mean I forgot about it. I'm growing in popularity. By the I put out a clip about Matthew Perry that helped boost my numbers a little bit. Everybody hated it. But it boosted my numbers, which is all that matters, because he died. So I jumped on top of that bandwagon of a topic, and uh, that's how you do it. So anyway, we're not going to be talking about that on this week's episode because it's old news, and uh, we're going to be talking about something else. We, we're going to go back to uh, the partial. We're going to have a guest on this episode. If you're listening only, you can't tell yet, but if you're watching the show, there's a guest to my right hand side. He's a comedian. He's a funny comedian from Ohio. Yeah, he's from Ohio. I checked his his area code. Otherwise, I would have forgotten that by now. Yeah. His name, and his name is Michael Dragon. Do you go by Mike or Michael? Uh, what feels better for you? To I say? I wanted. To, I said Michael, right? Mm-hmm. I guess because it's more syllable, so it sounds more fancy when you say Michael. We'll go with Michael. Huh? Michael Dragon. I did. I met him in uh, Austin. Met you and I guess at this point it's a conversation. I'm no longer talking to the camera. It's weird when you look at the camera when you're talking to somebody next to you. I found that out. <laughs> no, this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I met you here obviously because that's where we live. When did you move here? Uh, I think I moved in the room over here just last night. I don't... In the yeah, in this house. Yeah, this house. Yeah, this is a house that has extra rooms. So spread the word if you, if if you're looking for a pl- if you need a roommate. Just kidding. No, of course I don't. I'm not open to that. Having roommates. Um, um, but no, no, I moved in uh, March of 2020, like literally the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Like the the weekend before they were going to shut down Ohio, I was supposed to leave like the week after, and I just got into a uh got into a but uh, <laughs> um yeah march of 2020 I derailed you no you're so fine. anyway march 2020 and then so so yeah we're gonna start with your background we got time to kill we're not we're not you know we got time to introduce to uh to learn about each other a little bit we don't gotta get right into the meat but this is going to be a very finance-laden episode. It's going to be laden with uh, nerdy stuff, finance-based conversation. Unless we forget. Unless we just never get to it. That'd be funny. Because <laughs> that's, that's why I was in a hurry to get you on here. Because as soon as – we started talking last night um, at an open mic – or at a comedy show. I'm not even going to say open mic. Yeah, it's a comedy show. I'm going to call it a comedy show because it sounds cool. It sounds way better than the reality of the – so I saw you there, and I asked you how you were doing very awkwardly because I was on mushrooms a little bit. And oh, I shit. forgot yeah. how to socialize. And because I don't socialize, that's, that's a double whammy. I was super atrophied in talking to other people. So I was like, how are you doing? He was like, good, how are you? I was like, good, how are you? And it kept going back and forth. That explains why you're doing that. Okay. And I was like, okay, okay well, I, what I mean by that is how are you doing? Like, what is up? I should have just said, what's new with you? That's a good point. That would have uh, been better. I do like the same four things, so technically nothing, but yeah, yeah. That's so you're answering. So you're you're answering it now. Yeah, yeah, like literally, like okay, so like I spend the mornings doing stock stuff. I spend the afternoons doing comedy stuff, and then I squeeze in family, friends, occasionally video games. Yeah, what's yeah. your family situation? Uh, they live in Ohio. 
parents are divorced. Oh, that's right. So you uh, don't, yeah, you don't have your own uh, family. Like you don't have a nuclear family. That's right, because you have a roommate. Oh yeah, no, no. Me, I, I guess that's. I guess that's what I was kind of a- I a- like. But I, of course, if you have a comic roommate, that usually rules out that you have a spouse. Yeah, usually. Yeah, because I don't think anyone would put up with uh, another person trying to be silly all the time. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Usually, it's, it's the spouse and the comic, and that's it. Unless uh, it's who knows, maybe, you know, maybe not. So there's some freaky people out there. There are some small cities that don't know better. So, well, this is one of them, kind of. What do you think? You this think- place is kind of a small city that doesn't know much. That, uh, that has some weird vibes. It has some weird, uh, you know, like not just comedy, but like in general. Yeah, I'd say in general, I guess comedy for sure. But there's musicians here. There's artists here. Not as many as there once was. Yeah, I heard they're all fleeing to other, like, Kentucky and uh, Tennessee and stuff like that. Like, the yeah. the um, the music guys or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that... All of them. Just anybody that actually is in a real, like, uh, somebody that actually dedicates their life. Wow. To, but comics are that. True. A lot of the comics true, true. that are here are not trust fund kids. Yeah, no, there's very few trust fund kids the, Yeah, I'm like, there's, I'm sure there's some of them, but a lot, most of them are just legit you know poor poor i want i didn't say i was going to say you know a, worse, a way meaner term but poor is is tr- is not that mean they would call themselves poor they would they actually do and regularly. some of them are doing well some of them started off poor and now they're working for rogan yeah uh, not many i, I know, know but if- i know i know plenty that that started that I, I started with in chicago at least one that now does the club and he was oh i don't want to say poor cuz cuz I like him, and I'm not trying to diminish him, but he's a great guy. He's very funny, and uh, he's doing well now, I'm assuming. Okay. I, I didn't know of any Chicago guys down here. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. You... Yeah, no, there's a few. Not that many, but yeah, there's really not that many. Oh, wait a minute. You're talking about Young? You could say it, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Ryer? Uh, talking about Ryer? No, I was. is she back? Yeah, yeah, she's been back for... Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that about that, because yeah. I've been out of the fucking scene. But no, I was thinking of... Uh, uh, I can't... Sam. Sam uh, fucking... Uh, Priggett. Oh, no shit. I didn't know yeah, he was a Chicago boy. Forever. Yeah, he's great. Uh, well, he's from North Carolina, but then he, but I met him in Chicago. Oh, okay. okay. He was there for a few years. But anyway, so I, this, was, this is all a tangent of me explaining how I saw you at the open mic, and we started talking, Hi. and I asked you what was up. We eventually... You, you mentioned day trade. You mentioned the stock market. That's all I needed to hear. As soon as I heard stocks, <laughs> and then you said day, you said something about day trade. Or you, yeah, said yeah, SP, day you said S and P five hundred, and I was like, boom! That's exactly what I'm doing. Small world, uh, very small world, uh, I guess. But because yeah, like, no, seriously, you're the only person I bumped into in real life who like entertains yeah. this conversation, and eyes don't glaze over. Yeah, it, it felt very esoteric considering our surroundings. Yeah, it was absolutely. like 12 o'clock. It was like after midnight and <laughs> on a Friday, and nobody else was in our on our level, at, in our wavelength at all about stock. Not, it's just the word stocks. People's eyes hey. glaze over. It's like, who right. gives a shit? Talking about uh, uh, retail? No, not that kind of stock, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's what they know. That's the close. Yeah, re- they work retail. We're retail traders. Yes, we are. Yeah. You're more closer to the institutional side than me. Uh, how so? I guess because you come from a financial background in your career. Oh yeah, well I'm not a true finance pro. I'm like one of the the wannabes, I guess you could say. Like I don't know because there's the dudes in like New York City who like are trying to get on Wall Street if they're not already on Wall Street. 
and then there's me. So at least you kind of know about that. At least like because no, I don't know nothing about that. Really? Like I don't know any finance bros. Oh, okay. Well, that's good because I heard they're awful. So yeah, just like, the seriously. term fi- kind of le- lends itself to, to not be fun, to not be like a fun person mm-hmm. to be around. But but you have a back. Like, what did you did you study it at all? Finance? Like, did you, did you go to college or anything for it? Oh no no no. Um, uh, I went to college for four years, but cha- kept changing my major. And uh, so I never finished, but I still accrued like thirty grand in debt. So that you was live sweet. and learn. But as far as like me, no, no, no. I honestly, if it wasn't for me working at the bank for as long as I have, um, I'd have probably zero interest in this. Oh, okay. I was uh, so I was I grew up poor, and uh, I had a very like I guess conservative mindset in a lot of ways. Where I, like I uh, lacked a lot of trust in like hospitals and like the government and all this other stuff for the longest time i was very i wasn't queuing on but i was very like conspiratorial kind of not just fiscally conservative like actually conservative uh i get like yeah but like i was poor so like it's like it works against you kind of like, yeah i don't know but kind, well sure but that's you know i get yeah you can start off poor and then realize that hard work is rewarded if you're concerned usually conservatives or at least people that make it in life they become conservative Ooh, if you I start off, if you, it's easy to stay poor as a liberal. <laughs> like it, it, it's like, almost a requirement. It, like the conservative mindset instills like entrepreneurship. Liberalism true. is more like handouts. True, like, true, 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 true. I'm true, a fifth. You know, I deserve free money. Oh, I had that mindset. That's kind of where I'm. Getting I, I had at. that too. Like you have that. Well, had I? Had. I I've, I've worked <laughs> a very long time. But like it was really weird. So like I was always I don't know when I was younger I was real angry at things. So I didn't really I hated cre- I didn't trust credit cards because I just saw everyone get into debt with them. So but it was like ir- irrationally like I didn't like educate myself and like oh this is I just like saw and then like wanted to get away from it. Credit cards. Well, probably because you knew other people that w- went over in debt. Exactly. Yeah, up to their eyeballs. Yeah, uh, yeah you maxed out your. If you, yeah, that's Bunch not a stupid shit. My dad. Your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's how you kind of, so you you saw that happening. It's kind of like a drug addict. You see, if you grew up with a drug yes. addict. <laughs> yes. It makes you stay away from drugs. Same thing. <laughs> credit cards, you know, cocaine. You sniff them off your credit card. Same, they all go together. It's all, it's a drug. Money's a drug, it but is. it's even worse than a drug. It's a drug. Because it's, it's your, it's so much more powerful than a drug. Like, because everybody is, everybody True. does it. Nobody does not do money. Right, and everyone who does money doesn't know. Like ninety eight percent of everyone I've ever bumped into is terrible with it, though. It's the strangest thing. It's like there's people who are bad at eating. They right, be really. That's an, really what I was fat. just thinking. Food is another one that everybody has to do. You get, you can get addicted to it, but nah, food is not as powerful as money. No. Well, you were just saying how most people are bad at it, like ninety. Eight or how I, I mean, living in Cleveland, I would yeah, I would say that. Living out here, it's a different story. People were actually like, I think it's because it was so successful for so long. Like Austin's been a growing city for decades, so you have an entire generation or two or three who just, oh yeah, this is how this is, and this is how you take care of your finances. Versus when I was in Cleveland, it was everyone was extremely poor, and it was paycheck to paycheck. And I'm talking like the retirees or whatever that I bumped into, they would social security income check and stuff like that to check. I don't know. But yeah, point is, I had a bad relationship with with the stuff, so I was exposed to it because my job, and the only reason why I took that job is because I wanted to do comedy. The only way I could do comedy is if I took a career that had a schedule that I could do. So it was, it's, everything's kind of built off each other. So this is pretty recent, then. 
Uh, I mean, seven years ago. Is when That's I, when you got into comedy. So you want you got yeah. the job. And when did you start comedy? At the same time. About seven? Yeah. As far as seriously, yeah. Oh, okay. So relatively recent. How old are you? <laughs> thirty. Going to be 36 next month. 36. That's yeah. about what I figured. Yeah. I, I'm glad you didn't just say 30. I would have been like, you're only 30? Yeah. yeah right. Good, because I'm 34. Cool. So we're not there's, not, a, there's not an awkward age gap. No, no, no. We're the I same hate when person. somebody's only like 26 or something. They think they could be my friend. Well, can, I'm older than you. Does that mean I, I have to be your friend? No, but at least that's only two years. If it's so like true. somebody's only in their mid twenties and they act like they're my equal and turn like so like <laughs> like oh you just moved here want to be friends it's like not with you you're twenty six you don't know life you don't know the dark the darkness that well is around the horizon you haven't lived my I don't know it's just a comedy no it's thing. true it's also just being a comedian that gets as you do comedy longer you do kind of well most I can't speak for every single one of them. You, you grow like a big head about like oh no he's too inexperienced to uh, to fuck with or whatever. But you know I, I have I have noticed that. But I have people and they're trying to cure me of it. I have this attitude like talk to everyone and just be treat everyone like people or whatever. And then I've uh, I've had a few people like well you can't I mean be like that but like you got to be a little pickier once you get to a certain level because it's who you let in and it affects. All sorts of stuff, not just like your reputation, but also like if you're trying to do a thing and you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are below that and you're trying to grow, it can weigh you down. That's a good point. I th- yeah, because I, mm-hmm. I think there's really not many benefits other than what you just maybe just that, that it could weigh you down to be around people that are not forcing you to, by, you know, if, if they're better than you. You'll get better if they're right. worse than you. You'll just be the best. Yeah, you won't exactly. Grow. But other than that, <clears throat> there's no benefit to being a douchebag i don't think oh I fully in comedy agree. so that's why i take mushrooms because that <laughs> because without them yeah it levels it, it reminds me that we're all just you know people or whatever all that bs oh wait a minute so like you have a hard time staying like that without a little assistance yeah i have a cl- my mind gets clouded and and jay like a bit you know i don't want to say bitter all the time because i'm uh, yeah, it comes off as bitter. Sure, but it's just like me losing interest. And once you are exposed to something, you want to keep maintain a certain level. It's very hard to like. It's like dopamine. Okay, okay do I, am I gonna be? Some things just don't excite you once you've done them enough times. Oh, absolutely. So it'll come off as like this guy's such an asshole, man. He's acting like he's too good for this open mic and it's like, well, no, it's not that. It's not quite that because obviously, if I was too good for, it, I wouldn't have to be here. Right, right, right. Is that I've done it a thousand times, and I don't know. I'm just not going to get excited for it. Yeah. I'm not going to like be like, yay, an open mic. I'm just going to be like, yeah, okay, it's four minutes. We're here to do. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's really hard to explain. No, I but also That's why I kind of why I stopped is because this, this scene just hasn't been – I haven't felt very compatible with the, uh, the situation we have to drive to uh, – you know, for 15 minutes, one, you know, each. Not that that's that bad. I guess because also that it just when, it, when you get to the place, okay, this place is not going to be fun. I'm not going to get much out of it. It's just an individual thing that I'm going through. You know, other people have are doing well. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a, I, be, I guess that's true with any scene. But, like, yeah, I'm curious because you come from Chicago. I've heard mixed opinions about Chicago as far as, like, a stand-up scene. Like, is it good or bad? I assume it's good, but I've been told, nah, not necessarily. Yeah, I could say, you know, good I'm curious what, what, you're, what you heard. Um, 
I mean, I, I, it was good for uh, a good place to start because uh, there's plenty of stage time. You could do right, you know, tons of mics every single day. Like it's rare for there to be no stage, uh, no opportunity, like nothing. Like even the holidays, there's always going to be something, and it's usually indoors. And usually, people kind of at least kind of know how to do it, like how to host an open mic. To, you know, it's just the competence level definitely was a higher on average. Uh, than here i yes oh, basically this is a young scene that got injected with steroids is kind of how i'm viewing it like it's it's like i got the size but i'm like well you don't have the proper technique you don't have like there's basic i didn't know this until i started talking with other people and they were educating me like uh like the denver comedy scene like if you do an open mic the odds of someone coming up to you be like hey man i got a tag for you is it cool if i give it to you and or the odds of like hey man i have the show like other people are paying attention and care versus down here, it really hasn't developed that yet. Yeah, I just feel like it's less comedy comedy savvy on the audience end too. Um, I just feel like that Chicago is more primed. They're just they're just more savvy for com. Like I could kill in Chicago easier with the same material just because they get my angle. Okay. I don't know. Just some I've experienced. Also, I'm from there, so maybe so I'm biased. If if that's where I kind of learned how to do it, then I'm, of course it's probably going to be easier. Absolutely. To do well there. Absolutely. Also, I just feel like a fish out of water, kind of in Texas. It's a big state, you know. It's a wild state. I don't know, but it's not. That's pretty much it. You know, it's more free freedom of speech here. Like you don't get booed as much. You just don't get laughs. <laughs> They just stare at you. Yeah, like in Texas, you'll you could bomb, but nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, you went too far." Oh, really? They're just kind of like, "Yeah, that's how it was," and they just kind of move on from I it. I guess. Yeah, I'm just saying, there's less woke crowds. Oh, like they won't like actually sure. actively try to get you in trouble as as much. Oh yeah, New York's I guess going through that bad right now. L.A. of course, Chicago. I'm assuming from what yeah, you're Chicago, telling me. that's where it's really. Bad. It's definitely they have that there, mm-hmm. but even so, you could still kill with. Funny, as long as it's funny, you know. Even though they're woke, they still have, they still are more comedy savvy. Okay, they're complicated people. Yeah, no, and then so you're saying, so like uh, uh, Austin's more like um, a small town that doesn't give a hell. Only just once, only compared to where I'm, what I'm used to. Yeah. Have you? I mean, have you done like small towns? Like, was it? Isn't there like Wisconsin or something a scene that everyone goes to? Oh, I guess there's Madison. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of the closest i could think to that okay. i've been there once they have a nice comedy they have a good club there but uh yeah i haven't done like small towns maybe like okay i guess i did like not decatur some shit some small fucking town once <laughs> so yeah i don't really have much of that yeah i don't know can't speak to that because austin isn't really a small town it's just a small city kind of it has a small town vibe and it has this this even regardless of the size it attracts like a shallowness Oh, interesting. Yeah, like it attracts like this tech, this money centric, status, chasey L.A. type. No, of that's person. everyone yeah. I've talked to agrees with that. Yeah, it's like L.A. light, right? L.A. Junior. Yeah, and it's, so the culture is you know yeah, there's not much of its yeah culture that's like homegrown and yeah. you know which is what they also all everybody says, whatever. But yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm at. But I like where I am. I like living in my own house. That's one of the benefits of Austin. Place is pretty damn awesome. I'm not gonna lie. And it was um, not that much. Che- it's just a little cheaper than uh, where I'm from. Wait a minute. Where did you? When did you move here? Uh, I moved here two years ago. I oh, bought, okay. I bought the house 
in Jan- uh, February of 21. Oh, my God. Right before the prices just went. <laughs> yeah, that was run. They were super high. And then they went a little <clears throat> bit higher. And then they went down, obviously, because, you know, interest interest rates. And all, you know. Yeah. Yes. Finance. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Finance. What else? Is that about it? Is, is that we could? Yeah. Fuck comedy, man. That's a, that's that's my opinion on comedy. I'm a doom. I'm very negative. Oh no! Though a lot of people uh, who have been doing comedy for a minute uh, doesn't necessarily have the most uplifting opinion of of the scene. Like I've heard multiple people say very. Yeah, I don't want to be. A, yeah, it's not, yeah, not, yeah. I like to be original, but you're. Yeah. No, I no, guess, no. It's. I guess I'm one of them. <laughs> no, you, you, one of those guys. You're comedy savvy, I guess. So you have a more critical eye. You know more. No, I could if I don't want to experience. I don't want to sign off on just like that. Like that, it's not me though. It's mostly me. That's that's the problem. Like because sure, I, I just lost. I lost the to my uh, sparkle, my shine. What can I do to help you, Tim? Yeah, like it's not the scene. It's really just me. It's you being a bitch you whiny little hoe and stand-up is just hard stand-up is like a thing that you have to really love that's true actually. like i just realized that i don't love the the craft of like repeating like fine-tuning okay jokes to get to the point where they're perfect and it's not like it's that complicated just but you have to do it right you know so i if you don't like that part of it how are you gonna do time how are you gonna do 30 minutes is that hour? is that what happens is that why jimmy Timmy Gusto was a thing for you? Yeah, Timmy Gusto was like a flanderized version of me. It's like all the worst parts of me condensed down to a, a milk. Condu- condensed. Ooh, and I, you know, it's fun to do a character, but that's what it is. It's a character. See, they would love it in Chicago, I was told. They love characters out there, right? Yeah, I tried. I guess I did it there for a few minutes. Yeah, I did it there. Oh, did you really? For a week or something. Oh, that's cool. And it, I guess it can. It works, but it's it's not that original. I, I'm I'm told. Like I I know it's not. It doesn't. It's like kind of like it's been done yeah. that thing before, but also it, it's based on shit that I learned how to do. Like whatever. And I, it's very dicey to get into like like saying something is good or bad, and if it's subjective. Cause True. If, like I I do, I like it. But yeah, that's all it is. It's a character. It's not like, it's not me. I got you. This is me, Tim Weichselbaum. I got long hair. Wait, how many, how many times when I would be talking to you at the creek were you not Timmy Weichselbaum and you were Timmy Gusto? Well, it really only started that doing that until like a year ago is when okay. I nailed it down. It's like, okay, okay all of a, it's like this is what I'm doing now. Okay. And yeah, it's, yeah, I could turn it on or whatever I want. It's fun, yeah. It's I would do it. I would do it on podcasts. I would do it on panel shows. Um, but I just, I'm just bored. I just don't like doing a stand up because it's just me, and I like to improvise. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I like to improvise. That's why I like to podcast. Have you tried improv before? I heard Chicago's yeah, like good I for took that. a few, few classes. Yeah. And? Huh? Huh? Yeah, it's I don't like that <laughs> school. I don't like the school of improv, like the whole, like, uh, here's you. how you do it. I got you, I got you. Um, yeah, I, I just like improv in the sense, like, Bill Burr, the way he does it, like, he's an improv guy, but he's a stand-up. Interesting. I've but never heard I was just thinking about this earlier. I was like, <clears throat> he's obviously a stand-up. Everybody respects him as a stand-up, but when it comes down to it, he's really the funniest when he's just fucking around. True, yeah. In my opinion. So, like, yeah, he's, like, what I want to be, kind of. Okay. No, it's or at least to that. That's just an example of what I like. Yeah, 
you know, because stand up it just becomes formulaic. It's like, okay, I see what you, I see what he did there. I don't know. I just overanalyze it. It's like I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person that just has doesn't act. That's like robotic and like okay, here's where the laughs. No, I like the spontaneity. But anyway, this is too much about me. <laughs> let's talk back up. Let's get to the you. Of course, of course, we want to. We well, you, okay. So, we, what do you? What is your opinion about all everything I just laid out? I've never heard anyone describe Bill Burr as improv, but I see what you're saying. And honestly, I think that's an important part of comedy is like the riff or whatever. It's becoming more important. It's actually becoming like the highlight. Like you've seen like Matt Reif. Mm-hmm. He's literally has become popular because he's a he was good at off the cuff stuff. People, mm-hmm. my aunt, she was just telling me she uh, watched his comedy special and she really didn't feel she like loves his TikTok videos where he's mm-hmm. like heckling or you dealing with hecklers. <clears throat> she did not feel the same thing about her about his stand up, and that made me realize, oh, okay, so it's like two separate skill sets. They're very similar. They're maybe in the same environment, but they're not the same at all. Yeah, he he just got in trouble for for, for his special. Like, he, oh god, yeah. I don't know if you heard that. I just heard about that. Yeah, my and I, you know, because he has all these women fans. <clears throat> yep, and he starts to he's he doesn't like that he's only that they only like him because he's hot. So he's annoyed because they try to like you know harass him. They try to like grab his dick. You Holy know? shit! During really? like uh, during yeah like during meet and greets, <clears throat> like they actually Jesus. go over the line and like it's so kind of contra. What do you call it? Like a double standard. So I kind of I get why that's that'd be obnoxious because the second a dude does anything approaching that, you know, then it they're canceled. And, you oh know? yeah. So just like I get why that could be frustrating. Like he has to walk on eggshells. Right. But yes, whatever. So he got what I so that made me kind of notice that okay, he's he's awake. He's not just some TikTok guy. He's actually no, he's trying more interesting than that. Yeah, yeah. he is yeah. hot though. I'll give it. He's definitely hot. <laughs> he's got a jawline, that's for sure. Yeah, he's angelic. Like I was watching, I was like, I didn't. Okay, is he? Because I was skeptical, but then I pulled up. I looked at him. I was like, dang, yeah, he is hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. Like I said, he's like very symmetrical. Yeah. I like the standard. He has a you know. I'll, like I could recognize one another dude's hot. confidence. What is that? I said he has confidence. Well, confidence is part <clears throat> is, is good. That's certainly why he's so you know popular. Because if he was just hot without the talent, without the whatever you want to call it, performance skills. Do you think he trades stocks? I don't know. He seems like he's pretty. Usually, stand-ups they're only good at a few things. Only good. <laughs> yeah, like the the ones that are actually good and successful. They usually they're obsessed with that. They're only and they like if you talk about finance or something that they don't know what the fuck is going on. Oh, interesting. In my experience, yeah, like a lot of comedians <clears throat> are really they don't they're not like into multiple disciplines. Like, they life just kind of beats them up, but they're good at stand up, and that's that's why they're so good. Do you think it's possible to be good at comedy plus other things? I mean, that's what I'm yeah. trying to do. But like, do you think it's possible? Yeah, I think of Louis Louis C.K. He's a great example. He's the one. He's the one that definitely proves that you could do that. Movie shows and stand up. Well, yeah, you know, I just look at that. Is there's there's definitely many people like that, like uh, that could do stand up, but it doesn't mean that's their only passion. And that's right. like uh, many other showbiz big successes that became actors, like Adam Sandler. Right. You know, tons of movies, it's tons of examples. A lot of Jews, though. I'm trying to. <laughs> 
Like, was Can you it? give me a, we, we call this uh, non-Jews, I forget the name. Yeah. Uh, Any non-Jews would be a good question. That'd be a challenge to actually find one. Okay. Is it just because Jewish There's people are so obsessed with things that There's, they're so yeah. good at stuff? So and <laughs> there's definitely examples of non-Jews, but like Irish are amazing at stand-up. Like Irish oh, people tend to be extremely – like you can almost not tell the difference between an Irish person and a Jewish person because they all have the same problems for some reason. Huh. Like at least they have the same brains. Like they're all – they all went through some kind of trauma. I don't get it. I haven't pieced it all together. I just noticed that it's just a pattern sure. that, yeah, a lot of Irish people are fucking really funny. And depressed and jealous and like bitter, like all that shit. Yeah, no. They have baggage. Yeah. And all the Ohio people I know are like that too. And the Ohio squeezed out a couple of good. Do you know Bob Hope was from Ohio? No, I guess not. But yeah, he's good. Bob Hope. Do you know, um, uh, who's that black guy with the big fat mustache? Does like, not the price. Groucho? No. No, not Groucho. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what'd you say? Big mustache and what else? Uh, He's a black dude. Oh, black dude. Yeah. Uh, I thought you said that. Yeah, Groucho Marx, the black guy. Yeah. It went in and out. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't process the, but I heard it. So black guy would be, okay. Oh, Steve Harvey? Steve Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Ohio. He actually (laughs) did like. Groucho. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and well, okay. So I don't know. He's I guess better. Bob Hope fucked me because it was that guy's die. That guy was super old. Oh, so super yeah, I was dead. thinking like centuries ago. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. So I think that environment creates probably good because like life sucks, and the only way you can make it better is by the way you're perceiving all these things that are terrible. So you could either wallow in it. I guess it's kind of like you know, a couple hundred years ago when there was a group of people who really were told what to do all the time and they were singing a bunch and uh they're just trying to make the best of a shitty situation so uh that's probably but like what do modern jews i don't know i don't understand them i haven't hung out with them that enough i respect the hell of them though the ones i met in new york city um uh and i'm talking like traditional like wears like the the fur hat like oh okay like actual devout like uh what do you call it yeah well that's why i learned there's different levels there's like that that's the, the most rigid and so then that'd the, be like the russian or like there's different hats yeah yeah, 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 yeah. there's many different the fuzzy yeah, the fuzzy hat. one is usually the russians yeah yeah okay um and then there was like the next level were like the jews that were like the traditional black yarmulkes or whatever and they're you know the the ones i met anyways it was always black pants white shirt mm-hmm. yep i think a tie or whatever the the curls right hasidic or whatever yeah and then so those are the real ones yeah and then they'd be in the freaking one of the parks somewhere with a leek or an onion or something like that and then like a, oh it's a lemon and then like they had some like bushy thing and they would go up to you and be like are you jewish and they go up to you are you jewish are you jewish and if you say yes they do a prayer and they leave you alone if you say no i think they just walk away <laughs> or maybe they yell at you heathen heathen i don't know but i don't know so uh, yeah. where am i going with this uh yeah why are jews so like common like what like, why are they so good at comedy there's so uh, many like uh, at comedy that's easy i mean that's just because they have well it's 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 easy for me to answer because I've looked into it uh, and I've been indoctrinated by the internet to think this uh, that they just have the highest they have they have really good IQs especially in that part of the whatever brain where that has to do with speaking skills and language okay. they just excel at that okay they have high IQs in general but specifically in that region they excel oh, spoken word language so that explains it right there okay and then i mean bob dylan like look at all look at like how where the yeah. hell did he get that oh he was you oh no no you think. Take a pill in five minutes go ahead sorry 
What kind of pills do you take? I, this, I, I have an alarm on my phone that says I got to take uh, my uh, Kepra, my epilepsy medicine, oh, every 12 hours, every 12 hours for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, actually, a uh, funny story. My grandfather was epileptic, uh, and then he took medicine for so many years. And I guess what happens over time, at least in his case, or what can happen, is the brain will actually reroute, and then you don't have to. But mm-hmm. I don't know how. Yeah, hopefully your shit that'd is. be cool. Yeah, I haven't had a seizure in years. That's awesome. That's but the means of medicine. It's, working. it's just sketchy to be like, okay, I'm going to experiment and not take it, not take the, but whatever. I'm no, doing I fine. Yeah, you don't want to fuck up a trade, man. The trade, a trade, yeah, yeah fuck. You don't, you don't want to fuck up a trade. Anything that fucks up a trade it has to be eliminated. Yeah. Yes. Hey, anyway, we were talking about Jews. Is that it? Did you want to know? What, we were, did you want to end that? I I guess like rabbit well, okay, hole <laughs> before it goes to where it takes over the whole. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. That's just what I know. This is what I heard about it, or what I think is there's there's obviously some data about it, but you know. No, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I don't know. I've always admired the work ethic. Like they tend to be very like focused, and they're good at finance. They're good at other shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the finance thing is just kind of like how Asian families always force their kids to be doctors and stuff like that. It's just like an obvious. Oh, this will benefit your life if you focus on it, kind of thing. I assume. Yeah, you don't. We don't always. You don't have to nef, uh, attribute like nefarious reasons behind it. Like, of course, many people like to do that because I, I I look at it from like everybody wants money, but then why is it that so many They're terrible at it? Jews are so fucking good, but then they also get into problem. They get they get into trouble. Like a lot. Of, like I was just reading about somebody that ran a hedge fund. He's Jewish, and he's known as the guy who had the biggest fine ever for inside trading. That's what he's known for. Ken Griffin? Not him. It was a, yeah, some Cohen guy. Oh, it's always a Cohen Yeah, guy. yeah. And I was like, so what is, what is he? And, and whatever. There's patterns that people notice. And, like, you know, there's some there's truth to, to everything. How big, the was, in the middle. How, how big was the fine? It was like a $1.5 billion. Jesus. Yeah. What was it for? For insider trade, but like, like, oh, I, I don't know. Oh, okay, I'd have to right. get, I'd have to read more. But I, I just found out about it. Jeez, but he's still a billionaire, of course. So he's not like Madoff, he, who's also Jewish, or Sam Bagman Freed, who's also Jewish. So this is why it's a rabbit hole. The second you bring up Jews, I can't shut up about it. No, it's an, I'm half Jew. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not speaking from out of clan. Are you actual Jew no, or like? no? Just genetics. Okay, okay, okay. But that's I'm only talking from like a genetic standpoint. So was it your f- like father's how, Jewish and your mom's not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it true your mother has to be Jewish to be free? To yeah, be that's the that's the uh, the culture or the the, the religion. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, the tradition. Okay. But you know, I'm just talking about genetic wise, and if it, you know, if it didn't mean anything to be have genetically Jewish, I wouldn't br- I wouldn't talk about it. But I think it does mean something. Yeah, because you have the genetics, and like yeah. you said, the gifted speech, and then yeah. like all the things that come. It didn't with mean that. anything. Who cares? We're all the same. Whatever race doesn't mean anything. Fine. We wouldn't. Maybe there would be less wars if that was the case. <laughs> we all, if we were all the same. But anyways, the stock market is doing is is that's what we're, <laughs> we're gonna most, we'll probably spend the rest of the episode talking about that. Sure. Now that we established our backgrounds pretty well, and you said Ohio is a shitty place. Uh, overall, it's getting better, but yeah, it's just kind of like not much going on. It's not that it's bad. It's actually geographically very beautiful and has a lot of cool things. 
in that sense going on um but yeah as far as like economy it's not unless you want to be in manufacturing or you mm. want to live in columbus which is very tech it's like austin mm, okay so another austin yeah i've heard of columbus <clears throat> being that way yeah. i guess because my dad traveled there a bunch for work he was a software salesman so, oh that's yeah. perfect that explains that it does um yeah i'm a i started in soft i started in uh programming and then i worked up to not having to do that or anything any ever i was gonna say again. you've retired technically yeah that's where you, if you start with programming at a young age if you stick to it you won't have to do anything after that if you're smart with your money which you were you don't have to do that because if you're if you're good at it you'll get paid so much that who it does you you know it doesn't matter if you're yeah. that good you don't have to be that oh, good shit. you just get another job if you're if you because th- i wasn't good with money for most of my life oh wow i'm still not great at it i'm still not good at it so but i would make money spend it all get another job rinse and repeat that's a good that's what happens if you're good if you're in a good trade if you're in a hot commodity no it's i wish i would have understood that as like an 18 year old instead of being like no i don't want to do this well if you don't want to do it fuck it i, I only did it because i wanted to do it oh okay yeah <laughs> same yeah, with how do i get my kids to be like that like <laughs> so, what, what do their parents do that's how anybody becomes good at anything they don't they, don't, they only do it because like, like they only become good at it because they like doing the thing i think i don't know like yeah what okay so like like Wayne Gretzky, I just saw him on another podcast, and he was saying he didn't practice out of like dedication because he wanted to, he loved it so much. Just loved doing it. Like he practiced eight hours a day or whatever. And people say you got to practice eight hours a day. But like yeah, but if you don't want to, it's terrible. It's just, it just feels agonizing. No, he loved hockey. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, just a little thing I pulled from Theo's podcast. It's like oh, that's that's a good point. No, no, I mean, that's any, okay, so, like, uh, there's a lot of other things I've done in my life, but, like, I've been trying to recapture, when I first started doing comedy, I was all in, I was, like, working a job plus doing that a bunch, like, all the time for the first year and a half, and, uh, and so, like, um, then the passion, a bunch of stuff happened in the past from the laws, and I've spent up until, it wasn't until this past year that I felt the same that I did when I first started comedy, and, um, and then the same thing is about trading anyways. When I first started trading, I didn't do it because I loved it. I did it because I wanted to secure my future and stuff. And But now I actually like really enjoy it and look forward to it and like do it all the time. Not quite as much as comedy, but it's getting there. It's like building, basically. And you work full-time still? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my job, I don't really do anything at my job. So, um, well, that explains how you're able to do it then. Exactly. So I literally spend the first like couple hours of my shift with charts pulled up and like i'm watching a video or two maybe at least it kind of looks like you're working absolutely <laughs> i mean you know it's finance related yeah no it is that's uh funny. that's awesome yeah and kind of funny yeah, i just don't get paid anything so it's like really eighteen uh, fifty. So, so it's hourly yeah it's hourly yeah. what is the actual like position if you um uh i'm essentially an assistant manager but i'm a, a head teller at a credit union oh at a credit union nice yeah they give back. They give, they give better rates. They do give better, uh, better rates. Yep. Everything generally. Yeah, my, yeah. Uh, yeah, our credit card that I have with them is eight percent. Your credit card? Credit card seven point nine. Excuse me. Because you work there? No, no, just, that's what is we that give. Good. It's, I've never heard of a credit card being that. Yeah, but, but, do, I mean, do you carry a balance on any of your cards or no? No, I always pay it off before the end of the. What well, rewards card do you use? Uh, Prime is my favorite. Right? Uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Okay. It's okay. A, it's a Visa. I, yeah. Okay. Through Chase. No, no, that's uh, one of my three, four, three cards. 
I have three cards. So yeah, I just like the five percent rewards on uh, Amazon. Oh, so you do a lot of Amazon shopping? Sure. I mean, I mean, we all kind of right. Most people do, right? I mean, I guess I do. Yeah, I have groceries. Yeah, I do. Wow, do you leave the house? Not if I don't have to. That's crazy. That's why I haven't got a haircut in so long. Oh, really? No, I'm very like isolated right now. By choice, though. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it is by choice. Like, I could do whatever I want. Let's I, okay. Wait a minute. So even though you're you're focusing on on trading and stuff like that, like the social side of you, like so you just pop out whenever it's you feel off. like. Yeah, really. I'm a recluse. Yeah. Did something happen that clicked that, or you just? Um, you know, I've it. always been that way. So I've always been that way. I guess it's uh, okay. probably just from. Okay. It's just like misanthropy. You know, I was I keep my social circle small, and I I look at myself as like not a you know anything that I just don't like normies and like the average person ugh, like I just don't like being around the average person. If okay. I was surrounded by people I liked, I would socialize more. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, so that's just some, no, that's I'm point. very isolated. Okay, so wait a minute. So then, what spurred you lately to overcome the anxieties that you had with trading and stuff like oh, that? Oh, trading. Yeah. I mean, that is so fun. Like, that's nothing because that's something you can just do yourself, and that's where I shine. Like, right, but what motivated you to start oh, okay. that process? Because the last yeah. time I talked to you about it, you were, like, not very interested. Oh, about day trading? I guess I just thought it was, yeah, because I probably got burned in the past by day trying to day trade, right. like, crypto or something, yeah, which yeah. is not even really a thing you could do. <laughs> you know, like, that's so, like, I don't even know. If it was maybe on a on a brokerage maybe you could do it if you could actually take out contracts uh, on it's it it's bito or whatever where you can trade basically it's a etf but like for crypto oh really yeah okay but it's not a pure there's no pure bitcoin etfs yet not that i'm aware of either and no. that's what we're all waiting for and then oh, hopefully <laughs> yeah hopefully the market shoots up and, and real interest will increase in volume and all that and then you could then maybe you could, could totally day trade using the methods that I'm learning about right now, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was I just was like, oh, it's, it's day trading is super hard, and like one percent are successful, the rest lose money, yeah. and that's probably true. And yeah, but you can find the one or two or three or whatever percent and then learn from them. Though they exist. Yeah, that's what I guess I'm finding out. Yeah, now that I've I've gone through the low resolution forms of playing the market, which is just you know. It, Throwing money into a, a index ETF, index fund style. Like I got into Boglehead investing like okay. a, a year the, ago. The three funds. Yeah, like three funds. You just allocate based on your age mostly. And you just buy the whole market. You're not trying to find the needle in the haystack. You just buy the haystack because most people don't beat the market. So I got, you know, I sucked down the Kool Aid of that. You know, it's like. That's kind of like a different mindset from day trading. Absolutely. It's totally the opposite. Yeah, long-term trading. Or uh, long-term yeah. investing, yes. Yeah, like kind of, you know, not too far off from kind of Warren Buffett-y, like, but obviously he's his <laughs> he own. Loves, he loves the S&P 500. loves it. He does. Um, but he tries to beat it, of course. He does beat it, though. He does. Successfully, yeah. Um, For a long time. You know, times it, but and there's nothing wrong with just doing that, just being a boglehead if you're the average person. Absolutely, average returns are way better than no, none, no returns. 
or negative returns in some cases. Absolutely. Especially so, yeah. the older people that I know that I try to talk to this stuff to, they're like, I don't want to be bothered with it. I want to read my book. I want to watch my TV show. I'm like, all right, fine. You want to be whatever. That's your choice. But like, and for people like that, yeah, at Bogglehead style shit throw is it perfect. In. Throw it in. Yeah, you just, it's passive. You don't have to think about it. It just comes straight from your paycheck, automatically deposit. Right. And automatically reinvest. Are you familiar with uh, Ray Dalio? Yeah. Okay. So are you familiar with his all-weather fund? Yeah, I've heard of it, but and I don't know that much about how he got to where he's at. Okay. Well, he's a guy that I uh, love and have like read all of his books. He only has three. Oh, yeah. Whatever. So um, – but he is his all weather fund. He so okay. So Bogglehead, they try to allocate. Was it uh, S and P five hundred basically uh, mm-hmm. small uh, mm-hmm. independent markets outside the United States, and then like some sort of bond. Yep. So he goes okay. Well, if you look at each asset class, so like let's say gold, commodities, stocks, bonds, they all have a a, a risk profile. So like stocks have a much larger risk profile than say bonds. Um, so like, uh, but like commodities have their own risk profile. Gold has its own risk profile. And so he tries to wait with his all weather funds risk. So each he will. So like, he like if you look at the breakdown that he did, it was some Tony Robbins book. And he basically gave like his actual fund is like super like computers are involved mm-hmm. and it's constantly buying and selling shit. But like for the average person, he basically was like, if you got, Weighted thirty percent in stocks, and then like sixty percent in bonds, and then the rest was in commodities and gold, basically. And I think there was one other, but it was two. Oh, it was like seventy percent total in bonds, but there was um, long term bonds and then medium term bonds or whatever. And uh, he he's saying like that's a more risk profile wise, like evenly weighted versus doing fifty percent stock, fifty percent bonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. I don't know, so I just recommend looking into that if you haven't already, because I will. It's a but you're I've young. Him, I've seen him talk about shit. He's he's but obviously he's known as somebody that completely destroyed the like the, the market. He completely decimated the S and P. He literally destroyed it. But yeah, he's like a algo, algo trader or high frequency. <clears throat> no, Ray. No, no, he he. I mean, he has, basically has like two basic funds. The thing he calls uh pure alpha which i think that's like more algo driven and like uh-huh. and such but then the other one is the all weather like i said right. it, it basically tries to do well in every type of environment every type of season as you put it mm-hmm. um versus the other one just tries to go for the highest returns possible at every given time okay is the all weather fund open to anybody or is it closed only if you have a, i think a hundred million dollars <laughs> yeah it sounds about it's, right. he, he, i think he cares more to institutions but it's it's the reason why i bring it up is in case it interests you um just the mentality of like oh, okay like that way of looking at investing like yeah, okay yeah. i'm trying to weight my risk not weight my returns of that it, i mean you're yeah. young so yeah just go st- all stocks basically is is what you do but yeah i guess once you're yeah about you yeah as you get older you get more into it's a low uh, volatility stuff. Yes. Like bonds, maybe gold. I don't know. Bitcoin, maybe? No, that's not low volatility. No, it's the yeah. highest volatility. Holy shit. Highest volatility, but it has the highest uh, return so far, pretty much out of any asset class in my 50, life. 50,000 million percent return. Yeah, like in my lifetime, what is a better return? But yeah, obviously it's not for old people. But but it's not not for old people. You know, If you have a, a small allocation, you could put the Bitcoin. Absolutely, like one or two percent. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. But yeah, not if you only have ten thousand bucks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you have like enough money where it's like not a problem to yeah. put two percent. Yeah, like a million dollars or something like that. Sure. The like the rich people I know that the their advisors will deal in crypto for that reason. Like a very small percentage of the portfolio yeah, will be in. It's very be in low crypto. risk then. Yeah, you're only risking two percent. Yeah. Yeah, and then the ETF would make it more less risky, I guess, because it's as it's a little it's slightly insured up to a certain point. Okay, you know, that would make sense. That's just yeah, possible. I hope so. I mean, that's kind of why it's taken so long to get approved, probably because who the, they don't want to insure it, maybe. Yeah, SIPC. Well, yeah, the government doesn't control it yet, so they're trying to make. A th- I think they're trying to make a form of crypto that they do control, and then right. is yeah, what I assume. Right. Yep. That's but, what they're trying to do. It's not very popular. <laughs> yeah. Um, um yeah bitcoin i i guess i've been doing that since it launched pretty much 2011 is when i got into bitcoin holy shit yeah so i could have been a billionaire dude but everybody could say that pretty much you know so like okay to, so 2011 what was your attitude towards it? oh this is cute it's awesome like i was i'm into tech i'm into programming so i was like hell yeah it's like a, it's peer to peer to peer open source okay it's just software that runs on a server that anybody could just compile and you're in the you're a node. You become a node. You're on the network. You're sure. part of the you're, you're part of the thing. So just that is cool. Just the mining aspect to it is awesome. Uh, so I was on board all the way. Uh, I just used it. Obviously, the practical use for it was Silk Road, of course. <laughs> so that was awesome. Of course, you know, got away with it. The guy who owned it didn't get away with it, but everyone else pretty much got away with it. Um, I think people still don't they still use it for Silk Road or yeah, Silk Road shut down. It's hard. I mean, Tor. Yeah, there's still dark websites that are it, unless they do something that exposes them. Right. There's re- it's really hard to find the origin server to see who runs that shit. That's fantastic. Usually they get caught by the email address that they use at some point to keep. It. That's how a few people got caught just by some email address. Wow. That they yeah got that got leaked that got exposed. Yeah, it got to be very – if you're a criminal, if you're a cyber criminal, that's tough. <laughs> How's it tough? Seems I mean, pretty easy if you ask me. To cover all your tracks. Oh, true. Well, yeah, because you can't it's use easy. it. It's easy, yeah. yeah. But, but you like, basically have to run it through, like, what, three VPNs or some shit to try to scramble everything? Sure. Proxies, yeah. I'd hope so. At least a couple. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, technically, yeah, it's just hard to cover all your tracks. But, yeah. Oh, you can't do a hundred percent. There's always some sort of weakness. It's just hard to pinpoint. Well, some people are getting away with it. True. It's just that if you're if they really wanted to catch them, they could probably. There's always going to be something like you know hackers. You just got to hire the right hacker or the right person that's good at social engineering or something. To, to, you know, everything has a a weak uh, link. It's just how much power, how, how strong are you? How big are your weapons against it? Like every, there's no such thing as pure security. Is like fully secure. Sure. It just there's things that are more secure than others. Okay. Yeah, that's how I look at that. At everything. Yeah. Whatever. I don't do cyber crime, but I am a. I did. Get, I do like Bitcoin because it allows you to do cyber crime. And I'm a libertarian. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a libertarian. That's why. Ah, uh, of course. Yes. 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 I believe in the right to do things that might be on the fringe. Okay. okay. You know, according to certain jurisdictions, sure. illegal. Sure. But that's just because I'm a libertarian. Okay. Is this by choice? Or? Just being a, just being a good person. That's just be believing in freedom. If it's not hurting anybody else, I don't care about if some specific jurisdiction mm-hmm. doesn't like something. 
That depends on what it is. That's but anyway. <laughs> so um, okay, so like, what happened that caused you just to start trading again? Though, like okay. you were telling me the guy that did it, but so yeah, trading. So yeah, we started with the boggleheads, and you know, because I wanted, I was sick of not having wealth that grew. I wanted wealth that grows, not just okay. like sits there. You know, erodes. So you're a millionaire already. Great, gotcha. Well, I guess wealth would be just enough where you're not going to like wealth. There's no quantity that sure. means wealth. A million, yeah, you want at least a million these days to be set. Like not set. You need more than that. Oh wow! A really? million is not that much for my age, for our age. It's okay. It's better than average, I guess, to be to have that in your I net, would say it's definitely better a net than worth, average. yeah, of, of a one m one million. But now going forward, I, I'm very hung. I'm Jewish, so I want. <laughs> you're buying a ball, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm feeling it." Like, of course, there's a limit. You got to know when enough is. You tell me when's I enough. We this, have, how many billionaires do we need? Yeah, exactly. I read this book called "The Psychology of Money," and a lot of rich people blew oh, it all Lord. because they risked they risked it on something because they could never get enough. Like they're worth a hundred uh, million, and then they wanted even more, so they put all that shit at stake, and, all, and then they lost it all. And they just acted out too. They acted rich, and they spent. You know, wealth is about not spending money. It's about keeping money, about having money. Richness is when you actually spend it all and, like, look rich. Like, oh, okay. Like a okay, guy okay. in a Lamborghini, that guy's not wealthy. He's rich. That's what the book says. So third generation wealth versus first or second generation it's usually wealth. The di- usually that's the difference. Usually first generation wealth people, it depends. Tech people could be assholes with their money. Yeah, but are they going to be, like, old, the the new old money, if that makes sense? Like old money yeah. hates new money because new, the way new money tends yeah, to act. Yeah. So I was I'm new money and now I want to become old money. That's good. So that's where I started into the bogglehead thing, and now I'm just learning about the stock market. I'm get as you absorb more information about the stock market and just the the economy and the market in general, mm-hmm. and you watch and you spend a lot of time on Wall Street bets and you want <laughs> more. Yeah, because you, know, be you can just sit there and let it accumulate, let it grow. That's right. boring. Like, yeah, if you wait 30 years, but I don't have enough to just wait. I don't even have enough. I'm still in the accumulation phase. True. And I don't have a job, so it's either I get a job, do something that makes money, or trade. Work the stock, work the market into my advantage. So <clears throat> Wall Street Bets exposes you to the most extreme ways of <laughs> changing. All in, zero DTE. Yeah, like you'll change your net worth overnight. But it might not be the way you want. Yeah, I was going to say the direction <laughs> <laughs> might be down. So you, but that said, even though it's the most fringe, the most lowbrow way to be exposed to that mm. shit, it still <clears> has <throat> grains of. It still has a lot of good information. Oh, in absolutely. Inter, interladen in between the. You just have to. So if you spend a lot of time on Reddit, right. regardless of the subreddit, you'll find some people that know what they're talking about. Absolutely. So, you know, and I finally just, you know, of course, I saw all the memes about zero DTE and how it's stupid. It is dumb. So Unless I, yeah. you know what you're doing. So, so I avoided it for as long as I could. And also, I didn't have enough. I didn't really have a brokerage that would allow me to do it because I didn't sign up for level five or what, you know, naked calls and all that. So I was like, well, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I know not to do that. I've, I know what it feels like to lose money. So I'm not going to, I don't want to do that. So I did more conservative ways of making money from options. Nice, nice, nice. Which the first, most conservative, the one that I know of probably is covered calls. 
Mm-hmm. I, I bought into some ETFs that are covered called ETFs like JEPI, okay. JEPQ. And they're, Jeep-Q. you know, they stay the same price pretty much forever. They, you know, very low volatility, but then they, then they track an index, uh, but they make extra income from covered calls. So you get like 10% a year just from throwing money into those things. They have a pretty high expense ratio. You know? uh, like what, 1% or 2% or something? Yeah, 1%. So they're for uh, retirees mostly, not mm. for people in the accumulation phase. But I was attracted to the dividend, so I became a dividend yield chaser. Okay, 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 okay. And I went even crazier with that. I bought into these new ones called Yield Max. Like, uh, yeah, test, it's like the shittiest 20 or whatever. That? Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I've heard the strategy, not necessarily the specific thing that you're. Okay, so I'll shut up. So what is it? No, it's fine. There's one called Tesla, which tracks not an index. It's just does covered calls on uh, just Tesla, just the stock, <laughs> just the individual stock. No shit. So it has all the volatility of Tesla with with a lot of added prem, you know, dividends and premiums because of the volatility. So it oh trades. wow, there's a strategy just covered calls. Huh. And you know synthetic positions. They don't actually buy shares. They just build synthetic positions with uh, options. Okay. And so that's that one, and it pays a high dividend, but it's been eroding in uh, NAV. So it's not been a return. It's not hasn't broken even yet. Jesus. So I put a few thousand in that, and I was like, I'm just going to go all in on this. You know, it was super guaranteed. I was like, fuck yeah! I'm just going to get passive dividend income. But yeah, then it started eroding, and I slowly started pulling out of that. And I was like, I just, I'd rather just do it myself. I'd rather just sell covered calls myself because I got time to, to look at a screen and when yeah. it's fun, and you, you're it's more fun. in control. You set your ex- expirations and your strike prices, and so then I, then I learned about the wheel, where you know that is theta, the, yeah, where you uh, go back and forth between. Selling covered calls and cash secured puts, CSPs. Mm-hmm. If you get called, you lose the shares. You go, you start over into CSPs. If you get assigned, then you have the stock. Hopefully, at a price that you like. Hopefully, it's a stock you like. So that's pretty concern. That's a pretty safe way to get into options, and it's only selling options. It's not buying them. I love being the seller. Well, I mean, the thing about selling those, it's the same problem. It's just the opposite. Okay, so like if you sell a put and then the stock goes up, you're fucked. Or if your stock goes down, excuse me, you're fucked. Yeah. So it's like really. So, okay, so does it. Is if there it any, goes down a lot. Is there any difference? I know the specific strategy. Yes, it matters. But like in general, does it. Is it. Okay, if you buy a call versus selling a put, is there any difference in the amount of money you're going to make if the stock goes up? If it goes up, yeah, because if you sell a put, you're expecting it to go up, correct? You'd yeah, you're, you're, just ho- you're just hoping it doesn't go down beyond your. Oh, okay, so even if it maintains, yeah. you're going to make money because of do the, the yeah. decay. Decay. You're either hoping it stays oh, where okay. it's at, goes up, or doesn't go beyond your break even. Okay, but even if it does, you'll get assigned the shares, and hopefully it'll come back up. If it's a stock you like, you won't be too pissed off. Because it'll, you know, it's like still like you, you got to be willing to buy at that price before you make the order. Sure. It's a very psychological thing that you just, that's the hard part. Okay. It's simple on paper, but following it. Oh, yeah. Being like, am I really okay buying Apple at this price? Sure. If so, then do the thing and you'll get the premium if things work out. Sure. And you're, but yeah, it just depends on the stock. Because if something's going up, 
the price of calls will go up, sure. the price of puts will go down. So it depends on what side of the trade you're on and sure. if you're bullish or bearish. So like, uh, shoot, I was going to ask you. So how long have you been trading like this? I got in my. I started selling options about five months ago, maybe. Okay, and then have you like gotten? Would you say you're more comfortable with it now than you were five months ago, or have you always kind of had an understanding? I guess I'm getting more comfortable. That just that also means I'm selling bigger now. Like I'm <laughs> taking more risk. Like I'm using go. more of my account. That's the thing about it. It's all psychological. That's the hard part. So what percentage of your percentage oh, i'm happy to talk about anything yeah okay um so like so when you like what's a big trade to use it like two percent risking of your total account is it one percent more than that In wow it just about, well for the wheel strategy you kind of will probably risk a lot because you do have to buy a hundred shares if something goes but i'm saying like okay so like you're expected like your stop loss or whatever so is that yeah. like a two percent loss like what's the biggest loss you're willing to take okay your so total account we hit so i haven't even gotten to day trading yet i'm st- i guess i'm still i was i left off on the wheel right but the like wheel even, even, there's no stop I don't, I don't use like any stop losses really you don't exit it's ever. just you you could exit whenever you want but if you like the stock you could do it indefinitely. That's why it's called the uh, wheel because okay. you just keep going and going. So if they're... Yeah, you, you just keep rolling over, right? So I guess the stop loss would just be kind of like the strike price that you're comfortable either selling or being assigned. That is, I don't think... Yeah, that's how I... Like, yeah, you can't really do like a stop loss if you like the... Okay, so the my, wheel at least. I don't know. Maybe you can. I well, Okay, so I'm not very... I'm not an expert in the wheel, So, but I've heard Wall Street Best talk about bunch during like 21 and 22 or whatever when you know GameStop was getting popular and all that stuff um yeah like late 20 21 anyway so um so it, i thought the wheel was a strategy that's more for stocks that aren't having a lot of volatility it was more about that you're expecting it to stay put for the most part yeah they they work it works best for stocks that are slowly rising okay yeah but you could grab a premium here and there which okay. is not quite the same thing as the wheel the wheel is best for stocks that are very slowly going up that you want to own forever pretty much that are companies you like that don't have okay earnings the next day or something yeah earnings suck. yeah like you got to be very conscious of all that i don't know there's so, a way to filter out the bad ones so let's say the stock goes crazy up or crazy down and you're in the, you're doing the wheel do you exit at any point or you just stay put yeah, so that happened with Square. I bought Block uh, SQ, uh, right. and I like that stock, and it's down for the year. So I've been buying a bunch of shares. So then, as soon as I hit a couple hundred shares, I'm like, "Oh, I'm definitely going to start doing covered calls." Sure. So that's my that was my first foray into options, and so I I got burned. You know, so first it kept going even more down, and it blew past my strike. So I got assigned even more shares, which I wasn't comfortable with. So now I have like over $10,000 worth of just one stock, which is a little high. A little, that's a lot for me. Um, so I was like, okay. that's So I, I wasn't – so it eventually – but, you know, so I started selling the covered calls after being assigned, and now it's starting to bounce back. Okay. So this is not a good one for the wheel probably because it's <laughs> it keeps uh, – it goes up and down by a lot, and it's – it's a tech stock and it's volatile. It doesn't pay a dividend. Um, so yeah, it's going up and now I'm selling covered calls, which I, at a time when I thought was going to be a good premium, but then it blew past that. So now the premium's even higher. So I got to buy it back, roll it, you know, if I right. want to keep it going or just 
accept that I'm going to sell for not as good of a price as if I just never did anything. <laughs> and that's how you get burned. You know, you got to be, you got to really tell you, ask yourself, am I comfortable? Do I really want to do this? Sure. But or worst case scenario, you just take a small loss by rolling, by buying back at us for a small loss and, and rolling out or rolling up. You know, that's, that's the, one of the things you could do. Okay. Um, and then, so are you, uh, at least you're up on the position total. Or are you down a little bit? Pretty much, e- pretty much even at this point. Oh, that's great! It's at a good price right now, and it's like I'm not doing. It's not bad. Right? It's not stressful. That one's so. It's not as stressful as what I am doing now. You know, right. the the wheel is really not. You know, you have a lot of time to think about about it because they say you're supposed to do like 45 days expiration. You know, oh, out from the 30. Day you... Yeah, around 30 to 45 is the, is the best for theta. In yes, like, less yeah, decay. Yeah. 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 That's to the optimal. That's what they say. So you have time to really mull it over. Okay, do I want to pull out of this? Sure. In worst case, you know, it's really not that dangerous compared to what I'm doing now, which is the day trading of the SPX, my new drug of choice. It's like it's better than any drug you could put into your veins because it gives you money. And if you lose money, well, now you got to do it even more. Got to make up those returns, so, those losses. I mean. So we talk about this. I, I, I don't want to be the one doing all the talking, but uh, I, I sell uh, iron condors. Oh, yes. Okay. I, I do credit spreads. Yes. I do two credit spreads, one for upwards and one for downwards, and that creates an iron condor. Mm-hmm. But I do it separately because that gives you more room, more adjustment, more so you could adjust. You could just sell off just the top part, and then you could make money really quick. Right. If the stock moves up, okay, sell the one that's below it, and then you'll because it already became profitable. But keep the one that's on the upside because yeah. that one still has to be. You know, you could close it too if you think it's going to blow past the strike price. So anyway, so that's what I'm doing now. It's freaking awesome because you could you could make, but I am risking a lot of I you know I am risking a lot of my portfolio though, so I have to watch it with a fucking eagle eye. Sure. Like I don't really pull away from the price of SPX. You just, just like once you're in, you're like staring at it. You mean literally like very few moments go by where I'm not looking at it. Okay, no, that's pretty normal. I mean, when, when I'm in a yeah, trade, that's when you I'm got doing, positions so. open, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh, shoot, what do they call them? Swings. Are you familiar with swing trading? And so that would be like more than one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you have a trend line or whatever, and then it, it closes above the trends, and then your confidence is going to go higher, so you buy it, but you're in it for either a few days to a few weeks, depending on your time frame. Do you do that? Yeah, I mean, so day trading and swing trading are like the same thing. It just mm-hmm. one's on a smaller time okay. frame. Like It's the same skill set, like literally identical. There's no difference. But which one do you do more? Lately, it's been it's been day trading. It's been scalping, as they call it, uh, okay. or sniping. There you as go. That's why we talked. That's why we hooked yeah. up. So that's why we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where the juice is. That's where the <laughs> dopamine is. So like, okay. So there's uh, all sorts of ways you could do it. Everyone has their own like specific, but like some things are constant. Like, like I said, being able to read uh, trend lines. That's like something I've seen every high level trader that do. They do trend lines. Be it, I've seen them do it different ways. But it's the same concepts. And as far as like when to enter, when to exit and kind of thing like that, um, that's why I was showing you or trying to explain to you, and I'll show you at some point, the uh, volume profile. At least for me, that's what I was taught from the kid. Uh, and that way you can determine, like I said, like the X and like the Y axis between the two. And it, basically if they meet up, 
you have a lot of uh, confidence in it. The, uh, like I've seen it happen so many times now in the past two years that I've been with them with this particular discord or whatever that they've like been feeding. Like I've been learning from them basically. It's a bunch of, blah, blah, blah. so, okay. So GameStop, I, I made like a bunch of money off that. I didn't want to lose it. So I was looking for someone on wall street bets. Uh, and I found this kid who was doing some things that sounded interesting. They had a discord. And at the time I didn't know this, but discord is really popular because it's like, get rich quick and 500 bucks a month. And I'll share it. You could just follow my trades. I post them live, and you could follow them. Well, there's a lot of like. So is one that is it one that charges money? It is one that charges, okay. but it's the weirdest thing. It charges. Okay, so they do a right now. They do a free three day trial. Um, honestly, if you want me to just log into Discord and you can peruse it for a couple days, so you don't have to f- fuck around with that. I don't care. Um, but otherwise, uh, but yeah, so it's really weird. Like all the scammy discords, they would uh, charge literally hundreds of dollars a month, and then the. Uh, the average amount of time someone would st- spend with them was like like two months, but they would get thousands. They would get these bots that just attracted because you know, especially when it was during GameStop days, people were like, yeah, 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 this is great. Like literally, my I think my grandfather was in Doge at some yeah. point. Like it was insane. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I found these people who are uh, actually know what they. And I I'm very I have a long history of like testing things and making sure that's not bullshit. So like. Uh, anyway, so, um, so they've taught me a lot of stuff. So, but anyway, so yeah, volume profile, um, basically there's like, it looks like little mountains and basically what it is, is at the peaks, if it goes beyond the valley, it tends to get sucked to the peak. Basically it's like, I'll show mm. you, I'll give you actual examples, but like, um, like, yeah, if you look like a little mountain, a sideways mountain squiggle thing, um, and then there's certain periods of low volume, uh, those are periods, those things that, um, uh, stocks, the price or whatever tends to get trapped in there until it fills out the profile. And then once it's kind of like, uh, filled in a gap or something like that, like basically a gap is just a, a low point of volatility or low point of volume. Or in some cases, like, um, when the stock market opens, when it gaps up for the day or whatever, um, it, at some point it fills those gaps. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's filled 100% of the gaps going up and then like, I don't know, seventy percent of the gaps going down, if that makes sense, because the market's always going up because mm-hmm. the way the nature of like inflation and stuff like that, and the way the market is, it's always going to it has a heavy bias mm-hmm. to the upside as a whole. I guess there's a bunch of studies and stuff that like have proven that, um, but like uh, at least in America, because we have the uh, we're kind of the top dog financially, we're the was it reserve currency or whatever, mm-hmm. so people have more. There's more likely because if you like Japan, if you look at Japan, like in the '90s, it spiked up, was crazy. I digress. Anyway, so um, as far as sniping, basically, it's uh, so you, I look at the trend or whatever, and then I, I took a look at all the, the the important price levels. I, I look at different time frames. Um, basically, you want th- ideally you want three time frames to match up or at least be really damn close. Um, so like all the guys that are really good that I've uh, taught me stuff, they do like the one, the five and the 15 minute time frame, and they do the same chart reading cause, um, for all three and they're looking for things that line up. And then if you can find something, a higher time frame is always going to have more weight than the lower time frame. Meaning like if, if you stare at the monthly and it breaks out in the monthly, it might do some wiggle up and down shit on the weekly, the daily and the so on and so forth on the way down, but it's going to go up because on the monthly, the monthly is king 
uh, there's the, then there's the yearly or whatever. So, and then, so what I do is I, I'll take a look at the weekly. I bring up the chart or whatever. It's a three year, one week chart. So each candle that's on there is one week's worth of data, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll put up any important, um, uh, levels price levels i map out any trends that are important okay then i go down to the daily and i look for any more trends more refined trends any um and then i look for anything that, that lines up okay and then i go down i keep going down further 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 until i have i find some pretty strong trends and then on the minute the five usually i do the five the 15 in the hour um and i do that same process for that and then um oh god i wish i could show you it's more of a visual thing yeah yeah, it is. But basically, you're just looking for things to line up. You're looking for what they call confluence. Basically, you're mm-hmm. looking for if if you see something on the minute, the five and the fifteen minute time frame line up, it's like the same pattern. It's more real than it is not. If that makes sense. Okay. And it's essentially, so if you find a pattern, it tells you what the price <laughs> is going to do. What? So, like, okay, let's say it's a trend line. So meaning like uh, you try to look at – so let's say it's like a a bull flag or something like that. Okay, So a traditional bull flag, it basically there's a sharp increase and then it will slowly decrease. So that's bullish and and so you're you're mapping the trend line of the the bull flag and you're waiting for it to break above – that trends and when it breaks above that trend like if it closes the market has to close or if you're doing it on a lower time frame it has to close like that candle has to close so like if you look if you're looking at the five minute and it's a trade that it's a uh it's a bull flag on the five minute time frame it has to close above on the time five minute time frame if that makes sense and then if you have a time frame or two or three above agree with that that means okay this is probably really if it breaks above it's probably really going to go and the price is going to increase if it closes above okay. that price line so use this to day trade mostly yeah. anti swing swing trade swing trade yeah it uh lately i haven't done swings in a long time right now okay. i just entered into levi's and i Levi. can show you exactly okay. what I'm talking so about. that's a single stock Yes. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, I don't have it. Okay, they post. It's a retailer, so I was, I th- I'm assuming they're going up right now. Yeah, uh, I guess they just bought out some vegan. Like, are you familiar with like Lulu yeah. Milan or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like the some vegan company uh-huh. or something like that. That's like them, but better. Lululemon, yeah. Yeah, but like, Pretty, yeah, yeah the, I forget the name of the specific company, but mm. uh, basically, uh-huh. they bought out Levi's. Bought this company. Oh, out. Okay. And so the. Psh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're day trading it, though. Yeah, I am day trading. Okay, so it's been going up. So you're, <laughs> so you're opening on a daily basis, though. It could obviously still correct. Could do anything on a daily basis. Well, I'm in a trade for anywhere from thirty seconds to uh, okay, a, that's right. Like a like a few minutes. So you're like, scalping, like half an hour or something like that. Um, Sometimes a couple hours at the best. Just depends. Okay, so you open a position for, like, what? How much shares do you get usually? Like, how big are your like relative? I hate losing money, and I like being right, and I'm trying to learn how to be right and not lose money. So all my positions are very tiny, mm-hmm. tiny, relative to my uh, portfolio. So do you, yeah, okay. So like, okay, best example is like um, when I was scalping to the upside, when I thought like the S and P. 
500 or Tesla or whatever it is I was trading would go up, I would buy shares because it's very rigid. If this stock goes up, I make money for sure. If it goes down, I lose money for sure. Versus an option where if something doesn't go up fast enough or down fast enough, I could still lose money. Mm-hmm. I could still be yep. negative on the trade. So you're going with the trend, I'm, typically. Yes, I'm looking for the trends, and I'm trying to go the direction it's telling me. I don't care. I'm not bear. I'm not bull. Sounds I'm good. whatever the trend tells me. So you only risk a certain percentage, so you pretty much know how much you're going to lose every time you take a trade. Yeah. I'm trying to – right now, uh, was it the last trade I made, which was like earlier this week, I made like 30 bucks on the trade. Like so in terms I'm, okay. of money. And you leap. So how many trades a day on the, on average? I, I try to do no more than one. I try to look for something that I'm very confident about. Okay. So you're not, so how much time per day are you? So you're not th- there from day in, day out. Like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing mm-hmm. only one trade a day. You must be pretty busy doing other stuff and not just sitting at a screen all day or else maybe you'd find more opportunities. Correct. I try to spend, uh, so I, Lately, I've been trading just in the first hour. Right. Um, the reason for that is the uh, the volume is the highest. It's the last hour is not a bad time to trade too, but the first hour is is more than the last hour usually. Um, I will not trade in the first five minutes. The reason being is that kind of depending yeah. on I mean, sometimes I do, but generally speaking, the first five minutes a lot of craziness will go on, fake outs or whatever, and I'm just trying to wait and see. Yeah. Like what yeah, kind of sure. where it's going. Yeah, I hear you. That's cool. Okay. So I'm doing what I'm doing sounds like crack. And what you're doing sounds like maybe opium. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe like a little bit of, yeah, like, like CBD oil mixed with a little bit of hashish, maybe a little bit of tobacco, you know? What I'm doing is ridiculous. Yeah, what I'm doing makes me, it makes me feel like what I'm doing is dangerous. And that's why I probably lost. So I I, I lost um, like five figures on Monday when the stock went up a lot, uh, sure. or the market, the S and P went up by like one percent or something close to that. The Nasdaq went up by like one point six percent. So I lost a ton of money. That's my biggest loss so far. Yeah, but relative to the rest <laughs> of your portfolio, that sounds like that's not that big of a loss. In that account, it was like. 30 to 40 percent of my portfolio so if it was big and it was just so avoidable like it, it just felt like i was just it was just a dumb mistake and all i had to do was close positions went before this announcement came out for bonds sure and then i would have been fine but yeah it did, i thought it would ruin my week but it only ruined like that day and the next day i was doing fine i was right back into it so are you going to be doing smaller positions than that yeah but I'm still doing pretty big positions. Yeah, like I'm still using a lot of my buy power. Okay. Because that's how I uh, determine. I just go by percentage of buy power. Sure. So if I have like 30K in buy power, 15K could net you. If you use up 15K, you could make a good amount of money. Right. Doing what I'm doing, but also if you could lose it if you don't close if you if you are so hubristic if you just go oh it'll come back like what i what i did that day is i kept 
I didn't close out the losing positions. I just let them open, hoping it would correct and make them good again. I, I, and, and as it was going up and up, I kept just selling more and more at higher strike prices just to say, well, I'll Thinking just... it would basically double down, double down, double, double down. Double down and be like, well, if I just keep trading bigger and bigger and as it goes up, that'll accommodate the losers. So that was... So it kind of almost did, but not quite. It does work but, if you ugh. have unlimited money. Yeah, so I used up all, <laughs> so much buy power to do that, and that's that got me within inches of losing maybe the whole account. But then it did correct... A little bit at the very end of the day, so I I didn't lose as much as I could. Right. So anyway, so that so I learned. Okay, maybe don't do that. Don't double down. That and, is for people who are very seasoned and and know what they're doing. The one guy that's been doing it like twenty years, twenty five years as a trader, he does full port swings, as he calls it. He will scalp his full yeah. port, and it's six figures, seven figure, five figures. Okay. Uh, what was it? Uh. Yeah, he'll do like six figures. Like his biggest win during 2021, and he had a screenshot to prove it was a Tesla, and he scalped $75,000 win. Off a of scalp straight. Yeah, so that takes a shitload of risk and leverage. Not leverage, yeah, but he does, he does zero DTE and, oh, he, yeah. and he scalps. So, Buying it? Yeah. So he's doing the opposite of me. Yeah. He's doing full port, he's doing Z, zero DTE, yeah. and he's in it for between like. Like I said, thirty it, seconds to a few minutes. So it was on a Friday then, if it was a zero DTE Tesla, because they only. Uh, no, they do. Z- well, okay, yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking like anything that expires that week, because like yeah. I'll do zero DTE on right, a right, Tuesday, right. but like that's not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, well, th- with only some, can you do it every single day? Yeah, and that's why I do SPX every day. Is another game uh, uh, round. Um, yeah, I love it. But on Fridays, yeah, I look for opportunities in individual stocks, and uh, or bef- the end of the day before, for, you know, before Friday, maybe. Well, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I don't. I guess I was using leverage too, because buy power uses leverage when you maximize your buy power. True. Because it wasn't cash. <laughs> so, so I learned to keep it small, but I'm still going pretty hard. Because now that I lost all that, I got to break even. So, <laughs> so I'm like gamblers. A, that's what the bad. That's what gamblers do. They go, okay, yeah. I lost. Now I got. Now I have to go back. But you know, I am making it. I'm getting. I'm slowly getting it back. I, I should break even within a couple of weeks, conservatively. It could do it faster if I was crazy. Because even that day, even though I lost five figures, I also netted four, fi- like high four figures <sighs> on the ones that did win. You know, <laughs> so it's like so you're still up overall. It's crazy. No, I'm still down because over the, the, oh, it was right, a net loss. loss. I'm just saying the ones that yeah. were at the top. I got you. Like I'm just saying it's possible without opening as many trades to make five k in one day. With, oh, absolutely. With about that much buy, with like fifteen k of buy power, five k. It is not that hard. So it just seems crazy. So of course, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not cured at all from this disease. Do you really feel like you have a gambling problem? Like sincerely. Nah, because like at least because I did seriously consider quitting, and I was like, okay, this is what they told you would happen. The first one's free. Like they always look at people's portfolios, they see how it they got a little bit up, and then the next day just boom, plummeted, and then they maybe try to get a little bit back. That's what. Yeah, it's a. It's I feel like a little bit of a gambler, but not enough where like, um, I feel at risk of losing. (laughs) 
my house or whatever. Like, like at least I have the house and other portfolios that mm-hmm. I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to deposit anything. You know, like if I, you right. know, I'm not going to deposit more. I just want to. I have enough buying power where I could still easily get it back up to at least where it was, um, and I'm getting there. But every single day except for Monday was uh, was green. It's just that one day I ignored the news. I took. I was gambling that day for sure. I was gambling that day, and I I knew though at the time that I was gambling. So okay, so you've added one more data point to your system, as they call it, like your trading system. For at least one news. Watch out for like respect the news. Sure. Close your positions and take. And the other thing is, close your losers before they hit max loss. Oh, absolutely. That's what I sh- could have easily done. <laughs> I've I've had some traders be like, "No, nah, man, you just take the L, the full L." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, you." That's what I would say. T- yeah, I'll Maybe. save that ten percent. I'm going down with the ship. Yeah, <laughs> because sometimes it bounces back, and what yeah. looks like a loser becomes a full max profit. Sure. I love just not even closing until the. I just let them stay open until the end, at the very end of the day, because I don't got to pay the closing fees. It just it just settles True. To, to cash. True. And uh, so, like, if you see, this is why I really recommend you get into technical analysis. Yeah, I am because you can tell when to exit. Because if it gets past a certain point, you will know. Oh, this is fucked, and you'll know when to exit better. Yeah. So, and that's what like it, for me, I use the volume profile. Some people use the Bollinger Bands. Right. Uh, some people use VWAP. Some people will use the fifty-day moving average, two hundred-day moving average. Like, there's so many popular indicators and you don't seem to use any indicators well you're right i don't really use indicators except for uh macro economical ones like sent like not into okay not ta right but i like fundamental indicators as in the news sure the the whole macro environment day to day and i watch a youtuber that keeps me aware but i will start using that uh the volume profile i started learning about it and i'm definitely going to at least add it to my tool belt and fully understand. I'm going to fully learn about it. But it's, it's still a little bit over my head, but yeah, because I just started looking at it. I will teach you yeah, everything. The way you explained it so far was easier than the YouTubers I saw. But And then another thing is that I thought about is like, I don't want too many uh, tool. I don't want to be bogged down and like overwhelmed by too many charts and too many indicators. No, that's valid. Because then, if I feel like I have too much of an edge, that I might also take more risk. Like if I, if I keep it simple, then I feel like maybe it's better to be a little bit blind. Because then you won't be like, oh no, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to fucking at this price, I'm going to sell ten cut. I don't know. Just a thought I had. It's like it's maybe the simplicity is the edge but i'm saying this is somebody that lost 20k in one day so maybe i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but i mean i had a paper loss of like 80 grand so there's that well we want to talk about paper we'll end on this top yeah paper we're already like over an hour so we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon but uh what's your biggest paper not because i'm bored just so the biggest paper loss well first i gotta talk about paper gain but i mean if you have a paper loss that means you probably had a paper gain right i mean how do you or at least a paper something you gotta have money on paper for it to be a paper loss absolutely i don't really like well fuck paper gains but yeah i lost uh paper wise a a lot like Um, six figures more seven figures yeah that's why i didn't want to say it 
Ah, well, I, I said it, so you it. didn't say it, so I did. Thank you for saying it. Uh, no, I, okay. So mine's technically six figures paper loss, almost. So, but you beat me out. You're you're the better trader. I gotta post it to post the screenshot of that to Wall Street bets. Uh, that is a <laughs> that would be an amazing loss porn. Yeah, but it happens over time, and it happened a long happened uh, like over a year ago. I gotcha. And it's not like it happened in one day. True. And true. also, it, it had a paper gain beforehand, <gasps> so they would have been like, "Well, okay, you should have sold the idiot." I don't know, like. That's what they like. Anytime it's worthy of a screenshot, that's when you're supposed to sell. And I was selling, so I don't have. I don't really feel that bad about it because I I did make profit. I just could have made way more. more. Yeah, yeah, way more. About five, six times more, something like that. Oh know. wow, that's awesome! So, but I so I still did end up pretty whatever, and I still hold a lot of it. I, I'm a bag holder. Sure, I'm devout to Doge. So if it doge, goes, uh, yeah, it's a doge. That's that's the one. So if it goes back up, I'll I'll definitely sell most of it. At this point, I'm free to do that. Yeah, I have nothing stopping me now. So anyway, this has been a fun episode, very informative. I hope for y'all. Hopefully, you will also become like us someday. We're killing it. We're finance bros. <laughs> and this has been and this has been Tim Weichselbaum with Mike. Dragon, I'm, I'm saying Mike this time, to wrap up episode 91 of the Tim Vikersbomb Show. Have a good one, y'all.